Welcome to Here's What I Hear, a podcast about reflections and tips about relationships, personal development, and connection. My name is Jesse Hipner, and I'm a counselor and coach. I believe one of the biggest parts about being human is how we are connected to other humans, connected in friendships, intimate relationships with family members, colleagues. We live and die in and out of relationships and how we are connected to others. As a counselor and coach, I have helped many couples and individuals make meaningful and even life-saving changes. In this podcast, I want to share a little bit about what I hear from week to week, and I want to share with you some of the tips about ways to work through similar issues. And so, here's what I hear. Well, hey, welcome, and thanks for being here for another episode of Here's What I Hear. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for being here. We're talking about rebuilding trust today, rebuilding trust. If you have been a regular listener, thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you get at least one small thing from each episode, and you start to apply that to your own life, to your own relationships. That's really my goal, my hope, that through listening with me sharing a few thoughts from things that I hear coming up for clients or things that I'm working on that you might find some connection with that, some encouragement or some idea to apply to a similar struggle or a similar issue. And this is not just meant to be about romantic relationships. A lot of times I use that type of language and that type of you know example because frankly, I work with a lot of uh, intimate partners uh, in the work I do do, but I also work with career clients. I work with clients that are, are looking for, you know, just life goals. Maybe there's financial issues, uh, even their own personal development, right? And so I want to encourage you as you listen to try to apply or try to listen or how this connects with the relationships that are in your life. Because here's the thing, relationships are all around us. And relationships, I think, have one of the biggest impacts on our quality of life. Yet, few of us actually spend the time on a strategic and regular basis cultivating the relationships that we're in. Um, And I think that's uh, a real missed opportunity. And so I hope that while you're listening along to this particular topic today, that some of those might uh, arise in your mind, and you might get an idea or two of how to apply some of these concepts to your relationship. If this also resonates to you, I really want to invite you to be part of my Thrive Weekly Relationship Coaching Program. We meet every Friday at 9 a.m. Mountain Time, and it's a lifetime access program. So one purchase gets you access to me and to that community forever. And it's a really great program. We talk a lot about the things that you will hear today as well as other episodes. People show up with struggles and celebrations both. And if you resonate with this today, I would really love to invite you to be part of that program. And I think that you could really gain a lot from that group coaching program. Check out the links in my show notes has all the ways to connect with me. 
So let's jump into rebuilding trust. So if there were two main things that people come to me for is communication and rebuilding trust. So this is kind of uh, my bread and butter, if you will, uh, that I work with a lot of people on of how do we rebuild trust? Now, this could be in a situation where there has been cheating or infidelity or an affair or lying, something really catastrophic in the relationship that has for more or less totally eroded all of the trust in the relationship. But that's not necessarily the majority of the cases. Most people come into a relationship having some trust uh, issues, frankly. And we all we all have trust issues. You know, we have all been in relationships in the past, and we've all been in relationships that we've been hurt in, uh, relationships that we haven't had our needs met in the way that would have been helpful for us. And we bring that baggage with us, no matter how much we you know, think that we might be able to leave that at the door or have dealt with that. Even if you have dealt with it, it doesn't impact you in a kind of trauma response way. That way that you show up and you respond to new relationships now, today, and into the future, those concepts of how do I trust? Can I trust? Is this safe? Is this secure? Is this worth putting my trust in? Those are all very normal concepts and struggles to have in any relationship, right? So I just want to start off on that footing by saying uh, this is very common and it's in some ways normal. Now, doesn't mean that we should accept that. Doesn't mean that we should be okay with kind of status quo of, well, I guess I'm always going to struggle with trust issues. That's not what I'm saying. I think that there is absolutely the very realistic possibility to get to in a relationship where you're not worried about how you trust your partner or what their partner might be thinking or how they might be feeling about something or always questioning, uh, is this safe to bring up this disagreement? Absolutely, there that doesn't have to be that way forever. But to normalize it in the sense of you're not alone and to encourage it that there is help and there is a way to work through that. So that's kind of the first thing that I want to establish in this episode is just the commonplace that trust issues are. Now, I'm going to have an episode and a couple episodes down the road all about recovering from an affair and how to work through that particular type of trust issue because there's really a a much more strategic and a a process that I uh, like to walk with clients through. But you will hear in this some of the principles and concepts that will also apply in that episode. So if that's your issue that you're hearing as I'm talking today, then know that this also applies, but I'm going to have an episode all about rebuilding after an affair, okay? So there is this concept called a tune. And Attune is an acronym. Uh, this was created by the Gottman Institute, which is uh, a lot of the their principles and their you know techniques and their kind of really framework for how they view intimate relationships is, is what I draw from. But I really like this acronym Attune, and it stands for a couple key uh, steps in this rebuilding trust process. And I'm going to hit on all of these real quick, and then I'm going to walk through each in a more detail, okay? So the first one is awareness. Second one is turning toward. Third one is tolerance. The fourth one is understanding. The fifth is non-defensive responding. And the final, and I think perhaps the most important, is empathy. 
Okay, so let's talk about awareness. What is awareness? So there's a there's a phrase. I don't really know if I coined it. I think it's kind of based on this phrase that the proof is in the pudding. Well, I like to say the proof is in the rise, and the proof is in the rise. What I mean by that is, well, let me first give you a little bit of context. Uh, this this year, I think, as in many people with COVID, have picked up you know random little hobbies here and there. And my wife and I are always trying to be kind of more. I don't know. Uh, urban homesteading, farmsteading, or self-sufficient, uh, if you could call it that, I guess. But we got into sourdough making, okay, and uh, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. We're not, we're not, you know, head deep in it by any means, and we're not making stuff every single week. But one thing that's been really, I think, interesting about uh, the sourdough is that is very quickly evident if it's working or not. Right? It doubles, or sometimes even triples, in size literally within hours. So you feed it. And for those of you who've never looked into sourdough or, you know, don't really have any idea what I'm talking about, I just want to talk about the this a little bit because I think there's a lot here in this metaphor. You know, so there's literally sourdough is all you are doing is you're adding flour and water uh, and it's filtered water. And just based on the bacteria that is always in the air around us, the flour and water together it captures that and it starts eating the sugars that's in the flour and it begins multiplying and i'm not a scientist i don't exactly understand how this works but somehow it only is good bacteria and it's really good for your gut it's kind of similar to how yogurt is made or kefir uh, if you've had that and so one thing though that you can really quickly see is that it starts rising literally within within hours. I mean, I think it was maybe about six, not even six hours. I mean, it almost starts bubbling, you know, within just a couple hours. And then after you've created what you call the sourdough starter, you use a portion of that in recipes for sourdoughs. And then that acts as a natural rising agent, like a, like a yeast, a natural way to introduce a rise to your ingredients. Well, so you have to feed it, you know, and if you're using it, then you just replenish however much you took out with more flour and water. Or if you're not using it, you discard a little bit each week or so, and you add more. Well, it had been a couple of weeks, and um, we had kind of neglected it. It was to had totally fallen flat in the fridge. So we we're like, okay, well, we need to feed it. And I was actually not sure if it would actually just start back up again. So I just pulled it out. It literally takes a couple of minutes. That's the, that's the funny thing about these types of, you know, chores is that they're just a couple minutes, but sometimes they feel so daunting. So I pulled it out of the fridge, literally just added some water and flour. And again, within, you know, just an hour, actually, I mean, it was really like, as I was stirring it in there, I could tell that there were some of these, you know, bubbles starting to appear, indicating that the bacteria was still very much active. And I mean, it, it literally double over, over doubles in size. Sometimes it overflows from the, the jar we have it. And so to bring this full circle, the proof is in the rise. So what does attunement have to do with that. So attunement uh, is that you are seeing the evidence in the relationship, okay? It's not enough to just say over and over and over again, here's, you know, what I need to do. Here's what I know I would like to try to do differently. The proof is in the rise. 
And having your awareness about that is so important. You, you really have to put action to the words, right? Okay, so there has to be evidence of that. And to, you know, connect it again to that sourdough metaphor, if it's not rising, it's trash. I mean, it's there's no point in even keeping it. You're really supposed to start over because, um, you know, you don't want to risk there being some type of contamination and things like that, right? So the proof is in the rise. Uh, actions are a very important part of this rebuilding trust process. Secondly is the turning toward. Okay, so this whole concept, I, I could spend a whole episode, I probably will in the future, about what is turning toward. Well, in a, any kind of relationship, there are these moments of what's called bid for emotional connection. Now, a bid for emotional connection is, you know, let's say you're out there walking by a pier and there's some sailboats over on the side and you're with you're with a partner. And you look over to your partner and you say, oh man, look at, look at that sailboat, that's kind of cool. And your partner doesn't respond at all. Well, what you have done is you're making a bid for an emotional connection, something that kind of is really, you know, a pointless part of a conversation or not really a big thing that you would necessarily talk about, but you're making a bid for connection. And it's that opportunity to turn toward and to acknowledge and to, you know, to connect in that way with your partner. So then the other option would be to say, oh, wow, yeah, you're right. Look at that sailboat. Wouldn't it be funny if one day we could, you know, just sell everything, go and live on a sailboat. Now you have reinforced that bid for emotional connection. You've not just acknowledged it, but you've also kind of connected with a little bit of that playful, a little bit of that curiosity posture. That is such a big part of rebuilding trust, recognizing those bid for emotional connection, turning toward an amplifying it. So that's a huge part of this. Now, oftentimes what I find is happening in high conflict couples who are really struggling with trust is that they are not only turning away from those uh, bid for emotional connection, they're amplifying it in the wrong direction. So they might say something like, "That that's silly. Why are you talking about the sailboats? We're, we're on a walk, right? So now they have reinforced knocking that bid for emotional connection away. That's really a big part of where I start with couples is, is how is that bid for emotional connection uh, working? So something to think about there with that. The third thing I want to talk about today, and I'm going to address the other uh, three parts of attunement in another episode, but I want to talk about, uh, lastly, this tolerance of two different viewpoints. So tolerance of two different viewpoints uh, is just as it sounds, right? So having some level of being willing to be tolerant of how your partner sees the world, their their frame, their, their, their inner working, right? So having a tolerance that it's not about being right or wrong. It's not about that, okay, I'm going to, you know, say that they're right in a situation. That sometimes is needed, right? There are absolutely times where they might be right, you might be right, you might be wrong, maybe they're wrong. But I'm talking about just simply, you know, two different viewpoints on, you know, the color of uh, the walls or what type of furniture you want to buy or what kind of groceries you're going to be getting. And those are just kind of a couple surface level examples, but these this tolerance of two different viewpoints, I often see convoluted with, well, I can't be tolerant of that because it connects to these bigger issues. And while that is in some ways true, it's not that it has to be that way, right? There can be these these 
this kind of gray area where you're like, okay, this, I can be tolerant of this different viewpoint. This doesn't mean that I have to give up everything that I believe to be true. Um, but it's this tolerance of, okay, how do I show tolerance and how can I, uh, have a, a tolerant, uh, viewpoint, um, or how, how can I be tolerant of their different viewpoint? Okay. Now the key thing with that tolerance is that you have to be talking about it. You have to be talking about what you disagree on. You have to be talking about your differences, your frustrations, your disagreements. Okay. And I often tell clients, I would rather you be arguing than not talking at all. Cause if you're not talking, you're just unplugging and kind of, uh, you know, uh, pretending like everything is okay. So you have to be talking about it. So that tolerance is, is really only an option if you are willing to engage in those conversations, okay? So um, that's what I'm going to pause today, I think, just kind of uh, based on I want to keep these episodes kind of short. Um, this is a really uh, key concept, though. So we'll have a Rebuilding Trust Part 2 in a couple weeks that will be going through the last three steps. So uh, just to reiterate, we talked about the awareness, the turning toward, and the tolerance and in a couple of weeks, tune back in for part two. We're going to be talking about understanding of your partner's frame of reference, non-defensive responding, and doing all of this with an empathetic uh, posture. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening and be sure to check out those show notes and the links and come back next time. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Here's What I Hear. I hope you resonated with some of the things you heard and you took away a few tips and suggestions that I shared with you. I truly believe that we can all obtain thriving relationships and thriving connections and thriving development to reach those goals that we're working after. And to help you on that journey, I have a couple free worksheets on my website that I would love for you to download. Simply go to my website, jessiehippner.com. That's J-E-S-S-E-H-U-E-B-N-E-R.com. One quick note about liability. I am not your counselor. I just need to say that because if you think I'm your counselor, that's probably a good indicator you need counseling. Of course, if you're in the Denver metro area, feel free to reach out for a consultation call. But just listening to my tips and suggestions on this podcast does not equate to being in treatment with anyone, including with me. Lastly, most importantly, if you are struggling with thoughts of wanting to kill yourself, wanting to die, or feel like there's no way out, you need to get help immediately. A good option is frankly the emergency room, or if you're in the United States, you can call 800-273-8255. And last, but certainly not least, I would love for you to tune in every week. We're going to drop a new episode of this podcast every week, so hit that subscribe button. I'd also love your rating and a review if you've really resonated with this podcast episode today. Well, again, I'm so glad that you joined us and I hope you tune in next week.